and in this week's episode of Everyday Inspirational Podcast, I will be talking to the lovely Leslie, who is the director of Mindful Monkeys Limited. She helps children and parents create healthy emotional foundations in their families through education, coaching and mentoring. She also trains practitioners to take her signature Better Together programme out to the communities all over the UK. And her story is all about your past are not your destiny. How to reclaim your life. Welcome, Leslie, to our podcast, the Inspiration Everyday Inspirational Podcast. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from, and also your inspirational story today? Hi there, Sam. Yeah, no problem at all. I, I'm Leslie Fraser. Um, I'm currently a director of a company called Mindful Monkeys, um, and I operate out of my home in Dunfermline in Scotland. Um, my business is uh, helps children and parents create healthy foundations and emotions in their families through sort of educating them on how their brain and their mind works and how what good secure emotional attachment looks like. Um, I also coach and mentor parents, uh, and I also train practitioners to uh, also work with children uh, through my Better Together program all throughout the UK. So that's currently what I'm doing. Um, so, yeah. And your story that you would like to share with our listeners today, your inspirational story? Cool. Right. Okay. Um, inspirational story, go. <laughs> uh, my inspirational story is, oh, I don't know where to start. I uh, now find myself at the age of 52 to be starting to create another part of my business, not just the Mindful Monkeys Empire. And I also find that really interesting because age to me is just a number. But I think what age helps us understand is just other people's life experiences and what they've been through. So I am also just updating my website just now. And I think that's really interesting because when I got to the About Me page, I actually had to stop and think, well, what is it about me? So maybe that's probably a good place for me to start. Um, The picture that I put up was of me at age five years old. Little did I know what my life was going to be like when I was such a little girl. Um, the picture's a black and white picture with some sort of gingham dress on or something that you can imagine. Like you didn't really want to walk too fast because you spontaneously combust. It was made of crinoline or something like that. Um, but little did I know, at that time I did know that I was being bullied at school already. Um, and life had, I was a gifted child. I was able to do things really easily. And at that very early age, I learned quite quickly not to do that uh, or not to do it in certain front of certain people um, and don't be creative and don't be funny and don't be quirky. So that little Leslie was kind of put in a wee bit of a box and I went through the education system and left school at 16, not really sure what it was that I wanted to do. And I would say that that's probably quite clear for me through quite a lot of my adult life. I sort of bumbled along unconsciously aware of what was really happening to me. Um, At the age of 21, uh, four weeks before I was due to get married to my first fiancé, I was jilted at the altar um, by 
someone who I considered to be one of my good friends, uh, she decided that she wanted my fiance for her instead of me. Um, so you can imagine invitations were out. Um, all I had to do was really walk up the aisle with my dress on. Uh, we even actually had some uh, presents already, which had to be given back. So I think that was probably my first wake up call when I was 21. Um, that was in the August and then by the January of the following year I found out I had skin cancer. So that was my sort of um, realisation that life was going to be hard and then it was going to be even harder. Um, I count myself really lucky though because when I found that out I was able to get another operation really quickly and I didn't need any other treatment. Um, and then I kind of feel like I really didn't really like myself very much. I think the getting jilted at the altar like that, I didn't get any support, I didn't get any counselling, I didn't really speak to anybody about it. And my life kind of spiralled a wee bit. I went, I was 21, and I wasn't really armed with the skills and the mindset to be able to help myself at that point. I think it really triggered the childhood bullying and things like that as well. And I remember not eating very much and drinking too much. And at that point I smoked as well and went out like, I think we went out Thursday to Sunday every week and I just spent any money that I earned was just on going out. Um, I remember one time, one Sunday, going out on a Sunday night and coming in at five o'clock in the morning and getting up at seven o'clock to get the train to go to Edinburgh and work. I think I was probably still drunk at the time. <laughs> oh dear. So my, my self-belief at that point was probably pretty low. And at that point, I met my second fiancé, who then became my husband. Um, and that relationship wasn't really very healthy, although I was with that person for about 18 years. Um, he was quite narcissistic, quite a bullying kind of person. But my self-esteem was so low that I just allowed that to, to happen um, for a period of time. The pivotal point for me, and the thing that I really want to get across to the mothers uh, who are listening or the parents, uh, is that the minute I started to feel that I had to do something about it was the minute I got pregnant. And I didn't really understand how to help myself to change my life until I had someone else who I had to protect. And that was when my daughter, I got pregnant with my daughter. My, my pregnancy was absolutely horrific. I had waited till I was 35 to get pregnant and I was so excited. I was so looking forward to it. I was just so wanting it to be the, like, the best thing ever. And it was terrible. Um, I was really, really ill and um, I had I went into labour at 28 weeks. I, was, I, was, I thought I was miscarrying at 12 weeks, but luckily I didn't. Um, so I was in and out of hospital a lot. And I remember the doctor saying to me at one point, you're not going to work anymore. But for me, I was like, I've worked since I was 16. What do you mean I can't work? He said, no, you've got complete bed rest until your, your daughter's born. Well, your child is born. I didn't. I thought I was having a boy. <laughs> Little did I know I was having a wee feisty wee girl. Um, so when I was uh, then successfully had my daughter through section, um, but even that, the problems that I had, I'm not going to graphic detail in case there's anybody listening who doesn't like that sort of thing, but the problems that I had when I was pregnant still continued when I was after I had my daughter. And I thought that I was feeling really bad because I was physically unwell. But it turns out that I got, I had to wait till my daughter was over a year old until I got the situation sorted out physically that was stopping me from thriving. And then I realised that it was actually how I was feeling inside myself. It wasn't just my physical self. And I had started getting, I had postnatal depression that was undiagnosed. Um, 
and yeah, just lots of things going on in terms of my mindset. Luckily, I had a fantastic health visitor at that point, and she said you need to go for counselling, Leslie. And it was my first bout of counselling, and I have to say it was life-changing for me because I had some independent person who wasn't related to me, wasn't emotionally involved, who was able to say, or even let me hear my own words to myself. And I really soon realised that I wasn't really that unhappy with me. I was just was really unhappy in my relationship with my husband. And I didn't particularly like him. <laughs> um, I realised that because I had someone else to think about, I was able to find the strength within myself to get out of that marriage. And I have to say, even though I was married and together for a long time, it was one of the easiest decisions I made when I knew that I had made that decision that was easy to do. Um, I wouldn't say it's easy breaking up any marriage because you're taking your child away from their father. But I have to say that I would have not survived that marriage if I had stayed there emotionally, spiritually, um, mentally. I would not have survived. So that extricating myself from that first marriage uh, was easy mentally. Physically, you've got all the ramifications of buying a house. And, and throughout this whole time, I was working in a corporate job. I was very successful in that corporate job. I managed to work myself up into a really good place. I was doing management development. So I had a lot of stress in terms of working, but that allowed me and afforded me the ability to be able to leave. Um, so I had the strength from somewhere, God only knows where, to actually be able to do that. Um, so that's probably the pivotal part of my story was becoming a mum and then my daughter has, um, it became quite clear as Millie grew up that she has attachment issues so she didn't have a secure attachment to me and that created this sort of guilt that I had about being a really rubbish mummy and not only had I taken her away from her dad but she was also really unhappy and she, she was stressed a lot of the time and her behaviour was really not good and I didn't know how to deal with it. So I thought there was something wrong with me. So I think that it's safe to say that the next probably 10 years after she was born until I really got to grips with what was going on, I started to uh, investigate my own self-development to look at how to better connect with my child. Um, but I was always searching. I think if, if somebody's listening to this, I would like you to think that there's, if you're a parent as well, there's sort of your life. And then alongside that is how you, how you support your child in their life, not to live your life through your child. That's what I've absolutely learned is that the more I healed myself and the more I worked on my own self-development, the more that my daughter was able to see how to do that but also how it felt inside of herself. Um, I am passionate, just as, as Sam who runs this podcast, as in terms of the science behind spirituality and our mindset and things like that. So I've retrained, um, I'm sort of skipping forward a wee bit. Um, and one of the other, th I'm constantly looking at, at my own self-development. So in 2009, I decided to go, that I would go to Machu Picchu and trek the Inca Trail, right? Because I've always wanted to push myself and, and see what I could do. And following the breakup of that marriage, I was like, come on, what am I going to do? Uh, so trained for a long time to be able to go, raise money for charity, went along to Inca Trail. Um, and it really was an important time for me because I met lots of fantastic people, but also had a belief in myself that I could overcome lots of things. So my, one of my pieces of advice to you would be 
if you're feeling really down and you're worried and you're not sure is to actually find a challenge something that you don't think that you won't do and set yourself up to try and do it and the reason I did it for charity was because that was the thing that propelled me forward um, it was a charity that was raising money for premature research into premature birth and both my nieces were premature very premature so it was something that I believed in and I really wanted to raise the money for so I therefore couldn't let anybody down so I was raising money for a good charity at the same time as doing sort of self-development for myself. When I was away in Peru, um, I wasn't too well when I was away in Peru and I knew that I had sort of gynecological problems going on. So my daughter at this point was six, nearly seven. Um, and that's the longest I'd been away from Millie. Um, but when I came back, I decided that I was going to go ahead to have a hysterectomy. Now, you might think that's quite early, but Historically, in my family, we've all had gynecological problems, so it was kind of expected. Um, and I knew I had endometriosis at the time, uh, where I, we thought that that's what it was. Fast forward to getting my hysterectomy at age 42, um, went in and they found that I had what they thought at the time was just a cyst on the ovary with endometriosis. And I was like, oh, yay, that they found it. They've got the root of the problem. Everything, my problems are all solved. Um, that's probably why I was feeling a bit emotional about things. Um, fast forward sort of six weeks, get a call from the doctor to say that pathology had come back and said it was a stage one ovarian tumour. And I needed to go back for more surgery. And at that time, I was in a relationship with someone who we'd had an on-off relationship before. So he moved in with me um, to help me support my daughter. Um, he was there when I had my hysterectomy to help me with my child. Um, but as soon as that happened, I was like, I can't see my life without him because he just was there. Even though there had been cracks in the relationship before, um, I chose to ignore those because I needed him by my side. I couldn't do it on my own. And my daughter's father wasn't around and didn't care. Um, so I had to find a support network of people who were going to help me through that difficult time and he was one of them so fast forward because I'm I'm not going to go into gruesome detail but it was horrendous the, the whole getting ready for the second operation I had to go and get stents put in my bladder which is the worst most traumatic pain I've ever been in my life even more so than this major surgery that cut me in half to go and find take everything that was anything gynecologically required out uh, to make sure that I was okay um, so it was a life-saving operation, so I had to do it whether I wanted to do it or not. So luckily for me, the outcome of that, I had to wait until, so that was probably in April, I had to wait six weeks to again to find out, and I got the okay, that they'd got everything out, and that I did not need any other surgery, I didn't need chemo, I didn't need radiotherapy or nothing. Um, and it was truly one of those moments I thought, I am never going to let myself go any lower than this. That like I have just been given this panacea of like, come on, you know, how many chances do you want in life? Um, so I went back into my corporate environment. Previously, my job, my, my boss had said to me, you'll never get past like up to senior management. So just hold your feast and stay in your lane. Uh, but having been given the all clear that I, that I was going to allow to live for a wee bit longer, I went into my work going, woohoo! Um, after I'd been off work for a good 10 months, went back feeling fantastic um, and went for a senior management post and got it straight away. 
So the gift of that belief in myself allowed me to progress in my career. And once I physically started to feel better, um, that's when the cracks started to appear in my marriage because lo and behold, I married the man that helped me through the situation because I was like, oh, I can't live without you. Um, it's going to be great. I'm going to be fantastic. I'm still alive. Let's get married. So the euphoria of that belief, we just decided to get married. And unfortunately, it was the wrong thing to do because the more I got well and decided to believe in myself, Unfortunately, because of his own mental health issues and how he felt about himself, he wasn't willing to put in the work to help himself. So as I rose, he didn't. And unfortunately, 18 months later, just 18 months after it started, the second marriage failed. And, and that really sort of broke me almost. Um, that's when I had to go for more counselling because I thought, how, what am I doing here? Like, why is my life, why am I making the same mistakes over and over again? Like, how am I going into marriages with people that I think love me and then it's just, it's just not what I want it to be. It's not what I expected it to be. And without going into great detail, for the safety of myself and my child, I had to leave that marriage. It wasn't like something that I was not trying at. I had tried very hard. Um, but I wasn't... Getting free from cancer made me realise I wasn't going to put up with that any longer either. Like, I couldn't. It just wasn't... I wasn't allowed to. So yeah, I've had sort of two bouts of cancer. I've had postnatal depression. I've had terrible illnesses. And I've also been a single mum to my daughter now for eight years. Um, and I have aging parents who are in their 80s who really, really, really have in the past few years needed my support. So I know what it's like to be sort of getting into our 50s, late 40s, 50s and thinking, who, who am I living my life for? <laughs> is it... Is it um, purely for everybody else's gain or is it is it is there something in this for me and I think that's been part of my own journey and if you're listening to this it's like think about this for yourself what are you learning through the process of those experiences because the experiences will come along and allow you to connect with bits of yourself that maybe you didn't really want to look at maybe you're avoiding maybe you're people pleasing because you don't want to say no to people um, we we actually are the drivers of the own parts of our life but if you're experiencing adversity, if you've had things go wrong just know that you will you're, you know how to get out of that what you're doing mentally, emotionally physically and spiritually is avoiding finding the answer to that get really really curious about what's happened to you look back your life lessons and think what the hell was happening there what did i learn why am i making the same mistakes what's common about the things that have happened to me what am i what am i not looking at what's annoying me the most because the thing that's annoying you the most is the thing that you need to look at the most um yeah so you can have difficult experiences but i do think that you can learn to thrive from those because you're a lot more resilient than you, than you give yourself credit for and deep, deep down inside, you do actually have the answers. You just need to keep yourself curious as to where those answers are and you will find them. Yeah. Thank you so much, Leslie. Honestly, um, your stories, are like, I'm in gobsmacked with 
your life, honestly. <laughs> like, um, I'm not I finished had, yet. <laughs> I, like I know. No, you're not quite. I'm not ending your life just now, but you're, you're. Um, what you've gone through is, is, um, and so many different aspects of where people and I know my listeners I'll uh, resonate with I know I do with so many of uh, the stories and the aspects of it but what I love is the fact where you're finishing it with um, the awareness and the Mm -hmm. self-discovery part of it Mm -hmm. on knowing that we do have everything inside us you know and that it sounds a bit cliche, right? And if the, your readers are like, oh, your listeners are going, oh, right, okay, we've heard it so many times. But you need to get curious as to how that comes out, right? So if you're, if you're, if you're exercising too much, there's a reason why you're exercising too much. If you're eating too much, there's a reason why you're eating too much. If, there's, if you don't like silence, there's a reason why you don't like the silence because you don't want to hear what the... So the, the universe will give you messages yeah. all the time. And we have to be ready to see those those messages, uh, but we have to want to be able to see them. Yeah. There has to be a belief that your life can be better, right? Yeah. And and you need to absolutely get the support. I could not have done any of this without on my own. Mm-hmm. Without you can't do the heavy lifting on your own. You just can't. And you you just you can't. I mean, I've invested thousands of pounds in myself, right? But you can still find programs that are thirty five quid, forty quid. You can that start you off on that process of developing and and making your life better. You know, you you can read a book, but knowledge isn't understanding. Like you have to do the work. Like a, you can read a book, you can read all the books on the shelves of the library, but it doesn't make you clever. Like wisdom comes from living it. A hundred percent, and I. Th- I th- I, I love the fact that it's it really does come like you're a science geek for me and the fact is is that even though both of us are coaches we spend thousands on self-development mm-hmm. and hiring other coaches because mm-hmm. we know the brain is there to protect us and mm-hmm. so all the things that we self-sabotage all the traumas that we've said, felt from a very young age have been there to protect us and mm-hmm. so it's very very hard to kind of coach we can do it ourselves but always looking for to to get help from other places and I think that's why having somebody like you to be able to help access that yeah. you know and being able yeah. to do that I think I think yeah for me personally the mindful monkey stuff came out of my own need as a mum because one of the things yeah. I haven't really talked about is what happened to my daughter but it's extremely personal and I'll share with people who come and work with me but the 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 whole need out I'd been working with kids in my I'd left my corporate job I'll sort of fast forward I left my corporate job so I've been made redundant as well after 20 years in the same job same company but I saw that as an opportunity yeah I was scared yeah I was worried but I didn't let that consume me because I thought I have got to be here life's got to be better than this like I've got to I didn't want to talk about pensions for the rest of my life I didn't want to go down to the, the sort of the city in London and be in a boardroom with sales guys looking at me as if to say, what are you going to tell me about risk management? I didn't want that anymore um, because I knew my gift was to actually come and work with families because I'd, I'd known how I'd helped my, my daughter and myself and to, to heal our relationship. Like we didn't bond 
that's what Millie's problem was. And I needed to help fix that. Mm -hmm. So I needed to create an environment at home. So I've done so much research on attachment theory. I had to for my own benefit. And now with my lived experience and my, I translate information at a drop of a hat. That's what I'm really good at. And I'm a really good coach. So I've just put all my lived experience on with all the integrating science stuff that we've done with all the gurus that you and I have worked with and put it to best use. I've just off the phone to a family in Glasgow whose daughter has, seems to be having meltdowns all the time and they just don't know how to deal with it. Um, and it's not saying that we should have all the answers when it comes to parenting, but I can understand how we can create that, create that container in our family that builds really strong emotional boundaries and it creates an environment where your kids can fail over and over again and be okay when they fail. How good would you and I feel as adults knowing that that was what we had been able to do when we were wee and for it to be okay, right? Yeah. We've got broken adults bringing up broken children and that's what I want to stop. I want to help and provide support for as many families as I can, but, they, but it takes work. Right? Yeah. I'm not here to cookie cut anything. It's not about we can break ancestral patterns of behaviour. We can do it. But you first have to want to understand more about it and then be curious about how it actually does. How do you do that on a day to day basis when our you're right, our conditioning, our unconscious conditioning from our childhood is the thing that stops us from wanting to do it. So it's quite complex, but it's so interesting. Yes. And I think that's a, the amazing thing is I think most of us who are parents want to be the best parents, but we live through only our conditionings from our parents. There's not a, a, only now like yourself, who there is courses now telling us mm -hmm. that actually you don't have to be like this and bring in the awareness of actually what is your your beliefs inside these what is your um natural behavior towards your children yeah you know all of these different right. things yeah. that 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 you need somebody because it's not something that you it's an, uh, like an it's automatic just, thing yeah. so it's, a, it's also not doing it in a shameful way there's no yeah. shame and not knowing like I know I that's it yeah <laughs> I, I mean I felt bloody awful like I was like what have I done what, what did I do wrong but I was really ill when I was pregnant. I had a terrible pregnancy. I had a terrible time. I was physically and emotionally very unwell after she was born. And we just didn't bond. And I had to accept that that's what I had been given. I mean, I'm very spiritual, right? So I believe that children have come to us that, are, that we are predestined. And it's not, we, we have to parent the child in front of us, not the one that we imagined that we would get. Yeah. Right? And, and our, uh, my belief through my core is that the best thing that we can ever do for our children is our own healing. Uh, 100%. I've got to say it with my own kids as well. Do you know, like the relationship has blossomed the, the more that I have mm -hmm. been able to um, accept myself and mm -hmm. my flaws. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying earlier, do you yep. know, it just and, and, really does make a massive difference. And, it, and, it, and I see the difference in my mum. That when I heal, right, and I become stronger in myself and belief in how I think that I, that I can, the life I can live, mm -hmm. I, even in her 80s, I notice a difference in my mum. It's really yeah. hard to describe. If you believe in quantum mechanics and quantum 
consciousness and all that. You'll know what I'm talking about. But it, but it, like it, that ripple effect on the pond goes oh, up and down. A hundred percent. I mean, it, it, it just even if you don't believe in all that, you know when you're around somebody and their energetic field is either draining you or they're lifting you up. And, <laughs> you know, like when you start your own energetic field and it becomes the strongest field, then you're like a superpower. So that mm. really that's, even in simple terms, like as science geeks, we love mm. quantum mechanics and quantum <laughs> physics and uh, neuroscience. Uh, but that field of, <laughs> uh, the field of consciousness in which you yes. Um, all right. So I think for for so I would say that my parting words. So my advice, right from yes. now, my advice would be get curious if you're not already curious, and start to really understand that you are extremely powerful, whether you think you are or not. You are very powerful, and life around you is reacting to your vibration like what you're doing so every time that I had cancer I knew something huge had happened to me and that my body reacted it was no shit sorry it was 21 okay. years I was 21 when I got skin cancer and I was 42 when I got so it was 21 years or something about 21 for me so I was like that didn't fall on deaf ears either I was like what the hell's going on here like getting married I was engaged three times obviously I've been divorced twice so what was I doing so I've stopped that till I could find out what I was doing so take responsibility right and reconcile yourself with all these things that have happened to you in your past find a way to not take it so personally because life was showing you something and it sounds a bit naff but it really was even if you have a narcissistic husband or a, a wife who keeps putting stuff on a credit card, there's something about your boundaries that are telling you you're letting that happen. And that's the last thing I would say is stop saying yes to everything and get really strong on your boundaries. And that comes to your physical health, your mental health, your emotional well-being. Find a way to, if you're a guy and you're listening to this, find a way to speak to somebody who is on your wavelength and you don't mind getting emotional with because stop bottling stuff up. If you're female, it's okay to be emotional. I'm really emotional. Sam and I will know perfectly. I crack everything in me. My daughter's like, oh my God, she's off again. But it allows me to process. I know I'm an emotional being. Mm -hmm. And self-acceptance comes from being really curious, honouring yourself with your boundaries and learning the lessons that life's actually given you to this point and just saying to yourself it has to be different it will be different I'm going to make it different and changing that energy from one of reacting to actually creation because that's where it gets really interesting <laughs> I love it I love it so where can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to work with you because I know you've got two kind of bounds to your your company now mm -hmm. um, which I'm super excited about you've got like, a new course coming I think as well and you've got your mindful monkeys obviously as well so if you yeah, like yeah. Um, well currently uh, on Facebook you'll find me at mindful monkeys UK on Facebook I also have a coaching page called Leslie Fraser Coaching, um, which has been going since day dot, since I left my corporate job. Um, and I'm excited to 
really connect with women via that page. The Mindful Monkeys page is where you'll find me for all my parenting stuff, all the kids coaching, all the practitioner training, and the Leslie Fraser coaching page on Facebook is where you'll find me for some inner child work that I'm about to launch, um, which is where all the good stuff happens, where we actually get deep down and dirty on sorting out your own stuff. So that's where you start getting really curious. So yeah, so Leslie Fraser coaching on Facebook or at Mindful Monkeys UK on both Facebook and Instagram actually. That's amazing. So I just want to say thank you, Leslie, for joining us on an everyday inspirational podcast and just say bye-bye to our listeners. Okay, bye everybody.